Hey everyone, welcome to the Powerful Podcast where we talk about all sides of the business truth because nothing is more powerful than the truth. I apologize for the delay if we haven't done it in a while, but we are actually live in Bali. That is correct. Let me repeat that, live in Bali. And uh, we are about to, uh, we are here actually at a $45 million house on top of a mountain here in Bali overlooking the ocean. Check our social media so you can see the pictures. And my name is JT Fox. I am the world's number one wealth and business coach, serial entrepreneur, over 50 companies and brands. We are currently in 53 countries, but have clients in 87 plus countries. And here is my CEO, Francie, also known as The Pack. She runs the empire. I take all the credit. But here on this show, we both give you our perspective. Pack, welcome. How does it feel being in the pool? Just so that we take your phone here. Oh, okay. Careful, careful with Don't the phone. Don't worry. First of all, water. mine's waterproof. I got the new iPhone. So yours maybe is... let, let's splash yours over the water. Sure, then. splash it. It's waterproof, and yours is partly waterproof because um, you didn't get the new one. Because. What's the point other Christmas than Christmas is coming? Christmas is coming, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I think you're gonna wait for the 5G one. So, uh, we got a lot of topics here today. Pack, we're gonna say something before. How's it feel being in Bali here? Um, I love being in Bali. This is one of my favorite places in the world to visit. I prefer Thailand personally. I, Bali, top two favorite places in two very different reasons, but Bali is one. Well, of what's them. The, is the other one being Thailand? No. Why would you mention a top two when you're only talking about one? Well, you made it seem like your top two was it, here in Thailand. No, What's the other place? Abiza. That's oh, Abiza that's because of Bali. your little those dancing my, and your fifth. Your fifth thumb. Uh, please, equally, equally please, two please, 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 please. I don't even know that Thailand's on my like top five. No, mine is. So, and you, but it is nice. Nothing to walk is more. You are. Pardon me. It, think, well, the house is right on. I think the if this was on the beach. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you would feel differently. Yeah. And there was a massage lady right next to the house. Although the massage, yeah. The, well, the, we have the massage pipe, but they can come to us here. So that's not it. I don't know why. I, I just... Uh, I think you like being on the beach. I like maybe where I run on top of the mountain. And like, like I like my little routine here. We're like... Although we did a good workout this morning. We did. We did a good workout as well. So busylifeworkouts.com. I mean, listen, I hate working out. It's the interesting thing. Like... like and, and let, let's talk about this. I guess we'll start about this too. Sure. So we talk about making money, which is important in, in obviously building wealth and legacy and significance and success. And there are so many people out of shape. It's like people know that if you eat McDonald's, it's not good for you. If you eat fried food, it's not good for you. If you drink a lot of soft drink, it's not good for you. If you smoke, it's not good for you. Uh, if you do uh, drugs, it's not good for you. There's a million things that are not good for you, correct? Mm-hmm. So we are aware of it. Why do you think people still do it, Right. Why do they still do it? One, I think people are obsessed with instant gratification. Mm -hmm. So people will still drink or do drugs or smoke or eat the hamburger or whatever it is because there's, it's satisfied, it satisfies something in that like instant. So it's like the instant gratification. I also think a lot of those things, right, are addictive. Even you look at like we, neither of us eat gluten. And when you give up gluten, you don't really crave, like, I don't really crave bread. And like, I don't crave those things because there's signs to show that there's something in the gluten that breaks down that actually is the same um, inhibitors as opiates. So you actually become addicted to the stuff. <laughs> I've never been addicted to bread. Well, that, but that's why people crave those things. What I, what, I, what I did like, though, was I like the fried, like, for example, when, there's, when we like travel in a different country and, or the there's only thing open is McDonald's. And, right. that, and that's that's but that it's the instant gratification. Right. So I think people, it's too much on people don't want to sacrifice, which it 
it relates the same, I think, to building business or building wealth. People don't want to sacrifice in the short term when they can be instantly gratified. So um, on my end, I think that if people had to wake up every day and had to be accountable to a, a, a fitness coach, if somebody prepared their meals every day, um, if someone told them what to do in business every day, what to listen, what to do, how to do in something, I think everyone would be successful. Because here's the thing, if I throw you in the water, right, and you don't know how to swim, you have two choices. You either fight to swim to stay alive or you just sink to the bottom and just say, oh, I can't swim, I'm just gonna, and most people have that willpower. And I think to me, and when I look back at how much success I've had, it's because I had somebody tell me what to do. And every idea I've bounced off, and I have willpower. You know, cut the gluten, cut the Red Bulls, you know, cut the Coca-Colas, you know, cut the gluten thing. Like, I'm really good because to me, the accomplishment, right, knowing that I said I'm going to do it and then I do it, is stronger, is more satisfying than doing the deed itself. Because knowing that I wanted to do it and I got it done, that to me is the more satisfying part. And interesting enough, the only thing this year that I did not accomplish and I quit after less than a day was a plant-based diet because the first thing I went to order a veggie burger had gluten. So in the end, you know, in our schedule, when you're in a different country every day, you if cannot you do it. If you didn't travel, you would be able to do it. Yeah, but, but you know the problem is, but, but here's it. another thing too. Like I'll eat a lot of fruits and vegetables that's in the morning and then I'm hungry until lunch. Like it doesn't fill me up, right? Like how many people do you know when they go to a restaurant like me went the other day? You what did I have? Lot. Right, three hamburgers, three three triple patty hamburgers, you know, the right. big ones. And I was still hungry after that. So anyway, so I, I think the point to all of you is you have willpower. Um, and I think a lot of people, I tell people in life, people right, you can have mega success or mega excuses. You know, I'll tell the story of my billionaire partner who came. We had the biggest event in the world, mega success. It was the Super Bowl, 30 plus celebrities from all over the world. We'll talk about that on another podcast this week. We'll record every day. So we're going to put a lot of content out this week since we're here in Bali. But here's my billionaire partner who got into a car accident and fractured his back uh, about a week and a half before mega success and he showed up. You know what I mean? I seriously sprained my ankle 90 minutes before I got on a plane about four days ago. I got on a plane. There's a risk of swelling up even more. Put the ice, put it in there, taught all day my feet and did it. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, you're going to make it. And I think that's the theme. I, I hope that this show pushes you to to, to really understand that there is no excuses. Like if you say to me, I haven't listened to this because I don't have time. Well, it's stupid. What do you do when you're in the shower? I have noise canceling, waterproof headphones that in the shower, I listen to some stuff. In the steam room, I listen to some stuff. Uh, a lot of times I didn't do it this morning because I was working out with you, but I'll listen to something that I can learn while I'm working while out. Working Two out. birds with one stone, efficiency. Now let's go over some topics here. So what are you going around? Elon Musk. Um, had called the people that saved the, speaking of Thailand, when the, the bunch of kids got stuck in the caves, um, a British guy lived in Thailand, went in and saved the children. Elon Musk tried to go in with a submarine, did not work, this is about two years ago. And he called the guy a pedo. And uh, the guy sued him. And you know, this whole idea of free speech and, uh, all, the, and all that's happening, whether or not, and he was asking for $190 million. And, went to court. Elon Musk did not settle, which I have an idea that he probably could have. And Elon Musk won. And so the issue here is on one hand, he is called by the other attorney, a billionaire bully that he could say whatever he wanted, gets it done. We also have free speech 
in America um, where this, uh, so this back and forth, where is the line and what are your thoughts about that as well? Which is, I have multiple. So I, well, one of the things I think is also key to this story is um, Elon Musk just didn't go call this guy names out of nowhere. The guy started by saying, he started on Twitter first by saying that Elon Musk trying to send the submarine down had no intent to actually help. It was just a PR stunt to get publicity. So then Elon Musk, you know, shoots back and that's where it kind of went back and forth. Where I do think had that guy not said anything, Elon Musk wouldn't have said anything. I don't think he was going to sit there and just go after the guy. Um, I do think, though, had he been looking for less money, that Elon Musk may not have won. I think the hundreds of millions of dollars over that comment, I think, seemed a bit outrageous. So I'm, I'm going to take the other perspective on this. As you know, I, I have been victim, and we've got something coming up big of people calling me things that are not true and saying things and defamation. And in America, we hide behind the First Amendment and say, oh, it's First Amendment. But you didn't start that But but, but hold on, but it doesn't matter. And, and, and let me point that out. And, and second of all, um, on the other side, uh, there is the, where he had, he called them this in certain other countries in Europe, like Sweden and Switzerland and other countries in the world, that would have been criminal defamation. It would have been a crime. Um, so the point is Elon Musk has, you know, 20 plus million Twitter users, this guy, whoever had a many. And so if someone hits you and then you hit back, whether it's a sports athletes or something sometimes that's worse right than 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 the act itself and so elon musk have been this guy is full of f you know doesn't know what he's talking about but he called him a pedophile and this he guy didn't w- call him a he called him a pedo i mean he called right? him a pedo the but same he thing he did not say pedophile. okay he said pedo come on well, what do you what, come but on i think that but i no, think no, no, that's no, a he, big no point it's not pedo everyone assumed it was pedophile so but the, he didn't say pedophile but he said pedo it's the same but thing he didn't say pedophile okay it, it, it's it, pedo what does pedo mean exactly pedophile but it does it's not pedophile it is but i think that's no no but that but here but here's the point too is that at the end of the day he could either ignored or said something else okay and by the way don't forget in court Elon Musk did also allude that um, that it wasn't uh, that he was sorry for that comment and did not think he was a pedophile. Okay, and he meant that as creepy old man. That's not, when I think of creepy old man, I never would say pedo. That's not, that's not. But here's the point: you have a a very big public figure, and at the end of the day, I think the 190 million shows the idiocy of the system. I'm trying to take advantage of it, and but at the end of the day, you know nobody likes to be like. I feel bad for the guy because he got called a pedophile because he has no pedo, whatever. And then Elon Musk at the other end, probably, you know, and he fought it probably just because he can. But one of the most interesting things to come out of this entire thing is that Elon Musk admitted he has very little cash available. So here's a man who's worth over $20 billion, has very, very, very little cash, does not get a salary as Tella. It's all tied to stock. So the amount of his wealth that is tied up into Tesla, whether it goes up or down, is crazy. That was at very little cash. Very, very little. So that was probably the more revealing. So what do you think? Okay. Do you think pedo means pedophile? Um, Do you think that Elon Musk had the right? But here's the thing. At the end, when you ask for $190 million, do you negate the entire thing? When Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. 
sued the guy. She was asking for a dollar to make a point, right? For the right. guy who said claimed he grabbed their butt or not. She asked for a dollar because it was about the principal. And also, we all know that the lawyer who probably represent this guy did it for free for the publicity and, and for also the, for the, the contention day. day. And even if it didn't work, he still got more press than anything as well. So at the end of the day, this whole thing smells of how nasty this society is. So what do you think as well? And also, too, Elon Musk not having a lot of cash. That is uh, probably the biggest revelation to me as well. So uh, second of all, so Warren Buffett, during the economic crisis um, in uh, 2008-2009, called on a directly line, like a, a, a normal hotline of Bank of America and said, I'd like to talk to the CEO. And they obviously didn't forward the call and thought it was crazy. And then I guess someone who knew or uh, in his office called someone who knew at the private wealth of Bank of America and got a hold of the CEO. Him and the CEO, uh, Warren Buffett, talked. Two days later, Warren Buffett gets $5 billion in cash injection into Bank of America in one of the worst economic crises ever. That $5 billion has now resulted into a $13 billion return on investment as Warren Buffett owns over 10% stock, uh, uh, 9 to 10% stock in Bank of America as well. But what about Warren Buffett here, the point of picking up the phone and just calling a regular hotline and saying, hi, I'm Warren Buffett. I'm trying to talk to the CEO. Um, kind of very Those interesting. show that even Warren Buffett's phone calls don't get picked up. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take the other point. I think the fact that Warren Buffett just wanted something and picked up the phone and tried to initiate it. I think that's the whole thing. It's thing there's two types of entrepreneurs. You have proactive entrepreneurs and reactive entrepreneurs. And the fact that within talking to Warren Buffett two days later, there was a, um, a deal in place in the worst economic crisis. But I think Warren Buffett... But he also, when he didn't get through, he found other channels to get to the Correct, it was persistent. Too, right? It wasn't just the, oh, I, I called and I didn't get the guy. It's, you know, who else do I know? Well, here's who? the point. Here's the point. I think most people don't succeed because they're waiting for referrals. They're waiting for business to come to them and they're not picking up the phone, cold email, cold calling. Many of the celebrities, many of the people that were at many of the billionaires, many of the successful people we had this year at our biggest event of the year, mega success, right? Came as a result, came as a result of this situation. And it just goes to show you cannot wait for things to come to you, right? And Maybe he gets through. I mean, for Warren Buffett, you know he would have got through regardless. Eventually, but you just never know. Yeah. You just never know, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you think people just wait for that things to come to them? Yes. I do think people wait for things to come to them. Um, but also, how lucky was that CEO that Warren Buffett wanted to yes. inject? And, and where everybody, nobody. Think, bet, hold on. You bet. think that this, it'd be the CEOs trying to get right. into Warren Buffett to <laughs> be so, like, give me cash. Well, the, the reason we have Warren Buffett lend to a bank rather than bank lending to others right. Just goes to show how messed up the, all of them could have been. So the next topic, this happened um, yesterday. Um, Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight champion of the world, who had been the, the darling of boxing of the UK and the world, the champion, four belts, um, was supposed to fight somebody six months ago, and they got injured. And with three weeks' notice, they put this, this other guy who is, um, his name was uh, Ruiz, much smaller, uh, very overweight, kind of like butterball-ish. And surprises the whole world, shocks the world by beating um, Anthony Joshua by knocking him down two or three times. 
And six months ago, yesterday, in Saudi Arabia was the rematch. And for the last that six... same guy? Yes, with that same guy. That same guy for the belt. Same guy. And everybody's saying Anthony Joshua has lost it. He's not going to make it. He had lost Anthony Joshua, who was a big guy, like very muscular, uh, lost 10 to 15 pounds. So lost a lot of weight for a boxer. And Ruiz gained, gained 30 pounds. And Anthony so Joshua. a sumo wrestler. Pretty much too, yeah. And 30 pounds heavier than where he was in a fight. Anthony Joshua boxed a conservative but an excellent technical to regain his weight. And Ruiz, after the fight, said, and I quote, I didn't train very hard. I parted very hard. And, you know, I didn't take this seriously. Now, here's a man who I think is the second big, biggest upset in the history of boxing. First one being Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson, because no one saw that coming. There's a great documentary on that I saw on ESPN lately where he just in Tokyo, nobody thought he would win and he beat them. This was a big shocking. But here's the point. You're now the champion of the world. You have four belts, okay? You, one of the biggest upsets in history. You figure that this rematch is the most important fight that ever could lead to other major fights and you tell me you were being lazy to fight. And then you have Anthony Joshua who trained hard, who lost weight, who took it seriously. But all in the last six months are saying he's finished, he shouldn't take the rematch, all the haters. And again, he shuts them up uh, as well. So there's a lot of points here that we could dissect and we'll go one by one. How do you become the champion of the world in one of the biggest upsets and claim six months later? Uh, his payday was $13 million for this fight. Anthony Joshua was $85 million. And claim that you're lazy after you have four belts. I, I, I don't understand that. Is that an excuse or is that just a character flaw? Well, I think that it he didn't take it seriously and... If you're going to get lazy when you're in that position, you just don't care. It's enough money for him or he feels it's enough money. I know, money, but, 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 isn't, but isn't a part of, of, of fighting and life well, of competitive? You're not a champion. He's not a true champion. So would he agree that he was lucky the and he's not time? a champion first time? Because maybe someone else took it granted? I mean, listen, I know what some of you guys think. This is boxing. No, no, no. This is not about boxing. So, hold on, hold on. This is about life. And sometimes we can take our business for granted. And we get hit, right? Something happens. We lose a customer. We have a failure, right? You get detained at the airport. (laughs) Well, I think that the first time around, since this was a replacement fighter, you said three weeks before the fight. Yeah, three weeks before the fight. My assumption would be when you're training and you're training to fight someone, you're training to fight against somebody's fighting style. So everyone kind of has different fighting styles. They're weaker, whatever. So if this person was a replacement three weeks before the fight, there's definitely a... In training, Joshua probably wasn't as prepared for to fight this guy. Not that he's not a prepared, skilled, trained fighter, but it's it's when the new per, a new person comes in, people just aren't necessarily prepared to fight that person's style. Um, probably, too, if the guy was... Big, I don't know. You'd think that would be a disadvantage because they would be like slower and well, I mean, it, and it, get tired faster. But but but, but 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 I think that the 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 but over I think too. It's like when you're going in to negotiate something in business, you're prepared for who you're negotiating with. If it changes that the last second, right? Most people aren't prepared for that. So second time around, Joshua was preparing for 
to get no, of course, the title uh, back. I, I, but, but, you but know it, what I mean? But, but it, I think the point is that, too, Anthony Joshua, probably was just like, there, there's two things. Number one, you're going to have haters. So when you get knocked down and you lose, everybody's piling on, didn't think. Credit to Anthony Joshua to fight back, to be prepared. That is the credit of a champion. So I'll give him credit. Number two, lazy people are losers. Okay, I've never seen a lazy person that was a winner. They're losers. And the fact that you have an opportunity of a lifetime and you just squander it, there is no excuse. I think this sets a bad example for children. Um, he was obviously for the Mexican community. It's very big. I mean, it's the heavyweight division. He could have been an idol. He could have been down in history. And maybe he knew he was going to lose. Maybe he had excuses. All that, their excuses. The whole thing could have been a setup too. The, well, yes. It could have been set up that he was going to win. The well, first and match here's the best so part. There would be a second match. So Saudi Arabia paid two hundred million dollars for this, built a brand new stadium just for this, and they're tearing it down into the fight. There's too much money going on in Saudi Arabia. Well, I don't understand why you tear it down. That because just makes no sense. Ah, you know, and it's not like they have no shortage of land up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They're like, middle of the not desert. Like, oh, now we've got to build. That may be your research on the next year. Why are they tearing it down? That makes no sense as well. But you know what? In order to succeed, you need the fire. You need the desire. When people knock you down, you got to get back up. You got to train. You got to adjust, right? You got to learn from your failures. And you got to ignore all those haters who say you're not going to make it, right? And you're going to say all those haters that um, that is not going to make it and credit to that as well. So that's it for our show today. Tomorrow, what we're going to talk about is we are going to talk about number one. Uh, we're talking about Don Cherry, who is a, 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 a sort of a Canadian icon sportscaster. What his comments were, and whether or not he should have been fired for those comments, which is very interesting because he's been around for fifty years. So I want you to listen to a comment for someone you don't know. So I'll make you listen to that. We're going to talk about Apple and their new credit card. Are they discriminating to women? We'll talk about that tomorrow. And then you do your work and you find some topics as I found all the topics this week as well. Now, because you are listening to this podcast, so I have an arsenal. Every coaching call I have ever done, every course I have, we have over 30 courses, over $150,000 of my wealth course, marketing, branding, growing a business, property investing, crypto, social media marketing, passive wealth, um, you know, how to overcome any fear, how to be powerful, how to grain our consonants. I got a course on negotiating sales. I got a course on everything. I'm also the only human being in the history of this world to have ever recorded every one of his coaching sessions, over 500 hours of coaching from broke to where I am today. I have recorded that. You could listen over 10 years ago when I was broke, I had no money. And you could listen to my last coaching session last week and you could see the difference as well. And because special promotion, you are listening to this course, I am going to give you my entire library of courses. And normally it is $5,000 and $20 a month. You can cancel anything. I am waiving the 5,000. You can cancel anytime. Don't share the password because we know if you go to millionaireflix.com slash the powerful millionaireflix.com slash the powerful. And for $20, you can get all of my courses canceled anytime. I want you to consume this podcast as well as this is sort of like issues, correct? Mm -hmm. This is, and, and my courses is vertical, going deep like we're doing now, but talking specifically about marketing and branding strategies. It is the greatest deal. You'll never have to buy another wealth course again. And you're going to sharpen your mind and sharpen your axe. Do you want to be the Anthony Joshua or are you going to be lazy like Anthony Ruiz? That is your call. Any final words here, Pac, you want to say? And that's a pretty good offer I'm giving. 
it is a great offer. Um, final words I would say is don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to yes, please. leave um, a five-star review. Please leave a five-star review. Share, Share it friends. on social media. Oh, yes, everyone. I would really appreciate it. We check everything on our social media. Uh, JT Fox 2 x uh, Instagram, uh, I think is official JT, JT Fox. It's JT Fox official on Instagram. Yes. And then also to, uh, we'll post a lot of behind the scenes videos of this podcast and everything you do. I want to appreciate all of you. I know you have a lot of choice of podcasts, but this is the one that gives you the only one who gives you both sides of the truth from people who did it yesterday, today, and are going to do it tomorrow, but together we're going to get it done. Have yourself a wonderful day, wherever you are in the world. Thank we'll you. We'll see you next time. Tomorrow.